This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. www.holradio.net Hello, I'm Nick Gillard and this is Hull Radio. Palace played their second Manchester match this week and yesterday's result was a fair bit better than the one we got on Wednesday. With me tonight and manning the chat room, we have Lucy White. Manning, can you man if you're a woman? Lucy? Uh, I'll give it a go. <laughs> okay, so so womaning the chat room tonight, we have Lucy White. Um, Good evening. We've got the not very Irish sounding Patrick O'Connor. Good afternoon. Good evening, Patrick. Oh, good, good afternoon. afternoon. Yes, um, you've had a bit of a football day today, have you? I've heard. You, you, yes. You've been gloating on Twitter. I scored two brilliant goals, beat the first place team, but just move on. Okay. And uh, <laughs> finally, <laughs> a man who needs no introduction. Hello. I will do. Uh, it's Terence, <laughs> redandbluearmy.co.uk. Ford, how are you, Terence? All right? I'm not too bad. I've just got back from Wembley. It was very exciting. It was some, like, Americans throwing around some pigskin. <laughs> Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now. At Whole Radio. Well, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to chew the, chew the cards. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Over the, uh, over the Manchester United game. I must say, before the game, uh, this won't apply to Patrick as much, but I wasn't as excited as I was perhaps two years ago when we played... Uh, the Reds. What about you, Luz? Did you have a kind of much anticipation for the game as usual, or was it just another another trek down to South London to see another Premiership match? Um, I was a 
I was a bit anxious, I suppose, because they're one team that I wanted to beat this season, um, purely because I think we would do something against them. Um, and going by our last three performances, I, I wasn't 100% confident. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it was, I suppose it was a, a bit more anxious than normal. Um, but that soon left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Good. Didn't, didn't take long to get rid of that anxiety, did it? What about you, Terence? How did you feel leading up to the game? Um, increasingly drunk. <laughs> um, no. Um, I was really excited, and I know this is not a main night podcast, to see Bastian Schweinsteiger play until he just rolled around on the floor crying for half the game. Really disappointed me. But... Um, yeah, I was after, like anyone who would have been at Man City on Wednesday, um, <laughs> might have been a little bit worried that that sort of performance would continue. But I honestly thought it had nil-nil written all over it from the start. So um, I wasn't you know, that too excited for a game that I knew was probably going to be tight. But um, in the end, I thought we were unlucky not to win. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll get, we'll get on to that a bit later. What about you, Patrick? Did it feel any different? Is it sort of... Bit underwhelming for you before before the build up to the game. No, not really. Um, I'm always anxious for a game. Doesn't matter who we're playing. Particularly anxious this week because I don't. I was a little upset at the last couple of losses. But um, like Lucy, I really would like to beat Man United because we never do, and I hate losing to Arsenal. So those two teams I want to beat at, at some point in the next, I don't know, ten, fifteen years. So um, anxious always, but again, no more than usual. Yeah, that's good. Um, so the lineups, no, no real shocks in there, were there? Uh, suppose the only one uh, being Hennessy decided to keep him in, and um, he didn't have too bad a game. We'll come on to come on to Wayne a bit later, but it was good to see Ward back, wasn't it, Terence? Yeah, it was. Um, I thought he did um, exceptionally well, especially in the second half when he was um, he was switched over to deal with um, Martial because um, I thought Kelly struggled against him in the first half. But yeah, I thought it was. Um, he really gave us some balance, and we, which we didn't have in the last few games with Suarez being out as well. Uh, he gave us some attacking threat from the overlaps as well, so it was good to have him back on. That was very, very good as well. I, I thought he made a big difference there. What about you there, Lucy? Joel Ward, happy? Yes, happy Joel's back. Um, yeah, it, I, def- I don't think it was a massive shock, um, the lineup. to be honest. Um, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was just I was I was like I said I was surprised Hennessy was in, um, but it was good to see Jules on the bench. Um, but yeah, it was just yeah I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, Patrick, you nearly got your McJedley in there, didn't you? It's just a shame that um, Joel was on the bench. Uh, Ledley was on the bench in that starting midfield. Yeah, well, Jedi was also, by the way. Uh, yeah, this, sorry, this is true. Later, <laughs> thinking later on in the game. Yeah, so that's, um, that's me getting ahead of myself. Yeah, but um, just overall, I mean, the lineup was fine. Again, uh, as Terence mentioned, I was really happy to see Ward back and at right back. I feel he can do a job at left back, but he struggles there. And I think Kelly, funny enough, is actually much better at left back than right back. I don't know why. Um, he just happens to be. And I thought Ward again, he definitely gets forward more, defends better, and he really gave us uh, some solidity back there. So it's great to have him back in the lineup. And I thought everything, everything was pretty much what I expected. Glad Gail got back because I heard some rumours that people said that Gail would never play for Palace again, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, the fact he got in there and played really well was really great to see yesterday. Where did you hear that nonsense? People were saying it after the last match because you know how fans get. 
Yeah, was that directly after the last match, or was it after yeah. sort of twenty four hours after they digested everything and, and, and gave it a bit of rational thoughts? As soon as they got red carded, they said that's his last game for Palace. One thing I did forget to mention at the beginning of the show is um, we're adding or not adding to our twenty five man squad, um, and the player tonight is uh, Mark Bright. We asked uh, listeners to tweet in during the week who they'd like as their striker and. Uh, on the uh, homesdale.net our page there. And uh, Mark Bright's up for voting tonight. If you want to vote for Mark Bright, uh, you have to vote in or bin, and that's at whole radio forward slash vote. Uh, whole radio other... forward slash vote. La- la- last week, um, I was talking, well, two weeks ago now at the VP's dinner, uh, Alan Pardew said that if he could have any player from the Palace squad that he played with in the current team, he'd take Mark Bright. Have really? to agree. Have to agree, and this team would be perfect, absolutely perfect. Anyway, so that's uh, net forward. So that's an in from Pardu, by the way. <laughs> Is it? Can <laughs> we can we can we talk about this letter at the correct <laughs> juncture of the show, gents? Thank you, um, Lucy. You're in the chat room. Yes, I am. It's a bit quiet tonight. Um, so if anybody's listening wants to join, it's homesdale.net forward slash chat. Whole radio. Whole radio dot net. Oh, Saka, Saka. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on homesdale.net oh well oh. whatever you guys know where it is anyway um, yes uh, Dweeb saying great for us to be playing two winners a- winging well god wingers again um, and we are much harder to play when we do so it was great, great. yeah it was cause, you know we, we had the attacking intent sort of within the first ten minutes didn't we with um, the last's excellent chance um which, you know, only on scrutiny of the replay did uh, did um, De Gea actually finger touch it, get a touch on it. And the, <laughs> the referee, Mr. Mike Jones. <laughs> Mr. Clip, clip that, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I thought it was an excellent reaction save. Um, <laughs> when, when you're a goalkeeper, you love to finger touch things. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, it was a great strike from Balassi. Um, very unusual from him hitting the target. But um, I thought it was um, a very, very good save and we was, we was unlucky. And from the resulting corner as well. Yeah, yeah. Was that the Dan header? from the mm-hmm. That's the one. Yeah, he made it. He, he, to be fair, he did make a meal. He did make that save look harder than it actually was. Uh, was yeah, the, the first one was definitely a much better save than the second yeah. one. A lot yeah. more difficult. But then, um, we worried Patrick by Man United? Because I, I was watching them come out of the tunnel and looking, looking at the names on their back. Uh, and just thinking, bloody hell, this is this is such a squad of talented players. Are you worried yeah, I, by this? Nah, by this nah. parade on, on of pa- superstars leaving the tunnel? Not at all. They're on paper they're a very good side, but they just play some very, very boring football. Um Van Gaal has um mastered the, the nil nil boring draw, which is great if unless you're a Man United supporter. And I wasn't worried at all. I mean if you watch I mean listen, the names are great, but Schweinsteiger for me, and I know that Terence is a big fan. He's a he's he's Michael Carrick. He plays the ball. He always plays the ball backwards and sideways. So he, he to me he's not he doesn't bother me. The only player that bothers me on that team is Carl is, is Juan Mata. He's, Juan Mata was brilliant. I was very happy when uh, Van Gaal, as a genius, said he took him off <laughs> because that made no sense to me because he was by far the most uh, dangerous player on on the team. And for him to come off was was great for us. So um the, the names are great. I mean you know some Rooney and Martial and you know etc. But uh, I wasn't worried. They, they they don't scare me going attacking at all. So the goalie's yeah. brilliant now. Goalie, hey, the hair is absolutely brilliant. 
he's 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 one of the top three goalkeepers in the world, isn't he? Yeah. Dead without a doubt, and um, he actually kept him in them. So I, I mentioned on the show last week, I think it was, that we we didn't seem to have any attacking attempt intent at the start of games. I, I, I hope they were listening because we did seem to pile on the pressure in the first ten minutes, didn't we? And Man United did look like they were there for the taking. Did you did you think there'd be goals at that point, Lucy? I know Terence has said that he thought Ed nil nil written all over it. At the, you know. Once he'd had a couple of drinks, but did you think feel the same, or did you think there were going to be goals in the game? Um, well, I thought Man United would score. <laughs> um, I, I personally couldn't see where our goals were going to come from because, well, judging by the last few performances, we're not we're not very good at that. Maybe Damo would have stuck another one in the net. I don't know, um, but yeah, I, I, I when we started to play, I thought hang on a minute, oh, we could get something from this. And, you know, they were uh, near the beginning, there was the Balassi attempt where he it hit the crossbar. Um, and his I, his I, technique I, there was um, superb, wasn't it? Because he, he, he shot the ball into the ground. It was, um. <laughs> it was brilliant. And I, I mean, think De Gea got a touch on it just slightly. Um, I, think touch, I think you'll find. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely, I definitely thought we could have got some goals and it was a very a very big shame that we didn't yeah no that, that's a, the thing is for all of us is where where are the goals going to come from um we're, we're going to talk about punching later but terence you, you seem to be the font of all palace palace knowledge when when shamak drew back um Pardew said in uh was it his pre or post match i can't remember he's saying he's actually fit but they just need to get a pre-season out of him because yeah. he hasn't played, obviously, no match time. So what I assume is we'll start to see him in the development squad over the next couple of weeks. And hopefully by after the international break, he should be pushing for a place again. Excellent, because I, I, I actually think he'd, he'd make that attacking difference. And um, Punction's been much maligned of late. He had, he had quite a good game yesterday, I thought. Um, talk about him a bit later. But I think when Shamak and Punction played together... For a couple of games last season, they just knew instinctively where each other was, and there was such brilliant little flicks that got us into scoring positions. It, we've, we've got to wait for that because I, I didn't see the game on Wednesday. But Bamford was he bothered Wednesday? Should he have yeah. even been on the bench yesterday? Um, I, I say I thought um, he was excellent when he came off the bench against Leicester. I thought he played a big part in changing the game and giving us a, a much more of an attacking threat. Because he looks looks bothered and interested, uh, Man City. He was he was woeful really, and it all summed up by his terrible miss when he should have scored in that game. But who you who who else you're going to have on the bench <laughs> with our strikers the way they are at the moment? You can't really. It's only Gow or Bamford or Campbell, you know. And with Campbell, yeah. or Campbell or Bamford, you're picking. I don't know who's worse. Lesser, <laughs> lesser, lesser are two evils. Yeah, Patrick. Yeah, but I will say that um, Gale had a. I thought Gale played really well um, yesterday, especially earlier on. Uh, there was that chance that he, like in the first, second or third minute, when Man United decided to play around with the ball in the background, we, he nicked it and had a nice left foot shot. And then the play with him and Kabai when they, they played that beautiful combination play, Kabai pushed him through it and he probably could have had his left foot. Hit his right foot, you know, and De Gea made the save. So I thought, and just winning balls, the, the kid's 5'8", he's out-jumping players much bigger than him. Just working hard. I thought he really, really played well yesterday for, a, you know, a striker. We haven't scored yet from a forward, but I think it's, it's definitely coming. 
Yeah, but I was left wondering quite a few times if anybody had been on for those flick-ons for Gale, and I, I did think of Murray a couple of times, but, you know, we, we, we can't... Um, Fair enough. We can't really go back to that. Lucy, chat room. Yeah, Booted Eagle says, Bamford's facial expression at Man City looked like he wasn't going to put a shift in. We seem to need to get... Um, is it Paul McVie who was on a couple of weeks ago, the psychologist, sort of have a, yeah. have a little chat with him, possibly? Because surely if he's, if he's not going to be asked for Palace, then, well, I, I suppose he thinks Marino's not going to be at Chelsea anymore, so <laughs> he's going to be there. Um, if if Rivers is to be uh, believed, um, might fancy Bamford. But no, it's, it just seems a bit of a waste of time, doesn't it, to, to have him there. It's, it just pains me so much that players aren't bothered. They should be stopped a week's wages if it looks like they're not bothering. I mean, if you went to work, Patrick, and didn't bother for a couple of days, what would happen? I'd get a raise. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't the answer. Was no, I'm sure, I'm sure I, get, I, get, I get reprimanded, probably get fired. So I know what you mean. But you know what, Nick? I mean, that's just... That's the, the mentality of professional football, footballers. But what I will say in, again, don't take me wrong, I'm not defending Bamford, but I will say again, Terence made a great point. He played great against Leicester. You know what? He didn't play well, well against Man City. But again, as I mentioned in the previous show, he hasn't played a lot. I'd I like to see him play three or four matches in a row and see how he is. I mean, listen, you're going to have bad games. And we've, we've complained this year about Punchin and Balassi and I could go on about this players who, ha- who haven't had great seasons so far. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of comes and goes. So, yeah, he wasn't great. He was awful Wednesday. But, again, I'd like to see him get a little bit of a stretch run before I decide, you know what, he's useless. Yeah, to give him a bit more. And uh, you, you mentioned him, Balassi. I, I read it on a couple of the message boards. That he, he started off really, really well yesterday with that shot. And I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, Balassi completely drifted out of the game. You're wrong. Uh, till about 20 minutes to go, and then he was okay. back in it again. But he but just got, yeah. to, to drift out. I didn't notice him as much. In Did you notice Wilf? Part of the game. But what, what was, also, was also painful to watch in that game, I know Palace played very well, but there were 11 shots in the whole game. Now... Was it something like 25 shots in the Palace-Leicester game? Much of the game was played in the middle middle third of the pitch with the back fours tippy-tapping it across until they could see somebody had made a run. It was it was very cagey. So we didn't have that that pace going forward that Balassi and Zaha sort of inject. You know, you know, in the old days when AJ got the ball, you used to think something's definitely going to happen here. Zaha in the championship got the ball, something's definitely going to happen here. We, we're missing that, aren't we? Well, and, I, and Balassi is, is our outlet for that kind of thing. Remember a couple of seasons ago, it was get the ball to Balassi and, and he'll create the magic. Is, is he, is he going to come back slowly? Is he, is, does he need the game time and Pardew's affording him it? I'm really, really, really ranting. Somebody take over. Please, Lucy. Sorry, I I was muted then. Sorry. (laughs) I was um, reading in the chat room. Uh, Terrence, you go. Yeah, um, so I think a lot of that is related to they switched to fullbacks. So early on, uh, Balassi was playing with Ward behind him, which made a massive difference which means he could be in the game more uh, when he started to drift from the game he had Kelly behind him and I think that made a massive difference in the effect that he was having on the game until later on when Man United just 
gave up attacking and then it was Balassi <laughs> it was Balassi versus Rojo and he exactly. just he killed, mur- he killed him he murdered him it was just Rojo didn't know what to do he just that <laughs> and it all ended with Rojo just like falling down on the floor and like kind of like dragging himself like a, an, an extra in a movie film who'd just been blown up or something like trying to drag himself to the side of the pitch faking an injury it was it was pathetic he was rubbish was that, was that when he was on his hands and knees and his yes. arm would go up in the air <laughs> yeah. it was like he was in the desert like and yeah. the bottom, just out of his reach <laughs> that's a better way of explaining it than I did Good. that's why but you're okay. the host and I'm a chump well, the but also Nick, Nick in the race when uh, Roger Bannister ran the four minute mile <laughs> not many people could do that back then sorry patrick yeah but also uh the way that the game was played you know we high pressed them they high pressed us so when you when you play that kind of football there isn't a lot of time to you know you know to, to utilize you know the outlets of the wingers because i noticed a lot of time when damon got the ball he was pressed and you know what there goes that you know that little pitching wedge would come out and he played the ball long he tried to so i mean that was kind of a just the way that the two teams were playing i mean Pardew mentioned that he changed the way we played and I thought it was very effective, by the way. Too high what, press, man, to get them off the ball more. So. What I thought was quite interesting, sorry, Nick, is um, other teams where they've been getting success against us has been pressing our centre-backs. United right. didn't do that. They yeah, blocked right. off all the avenues. They allowed the short pass to the centre-back yep. and then blocked off all the avenues to our midfield, which you did, like you said, Delaney had the chipping wedge out again. But he... <laughs> um, he he did all right with a lot of, oh, a lot of Delaney's balls actually did all right because he was getting the movement. So yeah. they, I, I think they were just figuring if we can make it, they're having to loft the ball into Gal. They fancy that Smallin and Blind will be able to handle him. But as we all know, Gal did a pretty good job in the air against them. Yeah, I, I, I watched Delaney and I thought that he didn't play as many diagonal balls as, as normal. So it's funny how different people can interpret the game differently. Lucy, your turn to talk about. My friend. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he did really well. I mean, obviously he made a mistake in the cup game, but then went on to score. Um, but yeah, he seemed. Well, I think they all seemed like they they were really really up for it. You know, him and Dan worked really really well together. Better than I've seen them work together for a long time. I mean, I know that Delaney's not had many games, but. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was superb. Thought he was he, really good. He, and he, sorry, he, he almost scored as well. Um, and he even said that himself uh, on Instagram earlier that he was so close from, from with the header that he almost went in. But yeah, I thought he had a really good game. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Instagram. You've been busy on that front, haven't you, Lucy? Do you want to explain to our listeners uh, we've got an Instagram account? For our listeners, we have now gone onto Instagram as well, so it's another way for you to connect with us, and it's Homesdale Radio, all one word, so for those of you with Instagram, you can start following us and see what we're up to. I'm, I'm still gutted that nobody's followed my Homesdale Radio MySpace page I've set up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm down with the kids, me. Um, yeah, Delaney epitomizes that that hard work in defense that you that you want and they, the kind of thing that Paddy McCarthy used to give us back back yeah, when cool. when McCarthy was there and very much reminds me of him but he's he's a lot cooler now isn't he and Dan and Delaney seem to seem to gel well together in the, in the um in that position I think the the only other thing about the back back for me yesterday was was missing Suarez but but Kelly 
he he had the uh, is it Marshall the Man United zipping up the wing? Yeah. Um, yeah. He had him in his pocket. No, it, it wasn't until Ashley Young came on that that Kelly started looking a bit ropey. No way. They had to switch Kelly flanks because he, he kicks Marshall in, in the air. He was killing yeah. him. He was killing him. Marshall was killing him. Was killing him. him. It was Wald who handled him. Wald right. had Marshall in his pocket and then Marshall had to switch flanks right towards the end of the game. Absolutely not. Kelly was on for a red card if he, if, uh, <laughs> exactly. if he carried on trying to mark Marshall. He was just destroying him. Yeah. And also, incidentally, I was saying some of that, um, Marshall skipped round Kelly. Kelly hacked him down. He gets a yellow card. Five minutes later, Zaha skipped around Damri- Damrian. Is that Damian. 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 Right. Damian hacked him down. Nothing. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Joke. Joke. What was it? Jones, uh, his name? Jones, the referee's yeah, name? Yeah, Mike Jones. Yeah, bloody referees. Yeah. Yeah, at the, the risk of this show not following my show schedule, but actually covering all the points, let's talk about um, Mr. Mike Jones, shall we? I, I, I did notice that the, uh, there wasn't much hope because one of the linesmen was called Malarkey. I thought, oh, God, we've got no hope here. But yes, Mike Jones. Um, he was inept. Again, at, yeah. at, at giving. I know the stats show that both teams had the same amount of yellow cards, but there, there would be near identical fouls. And he he didn't protect Kabai at all. Do you right. do you not think Lucy Kabai was, you know, he just shoved and hacked, and he was really targeted from the beginning, wasn't he? I think he was targeted by everybody on the pitch. I think it was disgraceful refereeing, um, and you, you know, I mean, I know it wasn't the Palace game, but Clattenburg refereed at um, the weekend again, mm. and. Um, a foul was made similar to one that Gail made, and he got sent off. And I don't even—I can't even remember who the player was, but he didn't get sent off. And Liverpool game, Liverpool, Liverpool, yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, it was the Liverpool Lucas, right? game. It was, Lu- I, I was it Lucas. Lucas, right? It was yeah, Lucas. I think yeah, it was Lucas. Ridiculous. That's right. Yep. And I just think it's disgusting. Like it's not just—it's not just us that is getting affected by it. That's quite obvious. Um, it's refereeing across the whole of the PL, but Mike Jones was just diabolical yesterday I thought he was very in favour of Man United and and at one point I was very surprised that we had 11 men on the pitch still PL isn't that profit and loss (laughs) sorry sorry Uh, uh, um, it was also in the the game prior to that that Clattenburg refed as well he's refed two since us uh, let, let Torre off with the same foul as well so Torre didn't get booked. Lucas should have been seeing a second yellow card and a red card, but he gave them both extra chances. Disgusting. I hate the man. Yeah. No, no consistency. Was there, was there much said on the American coverage, Patrick, about the, the performance of uh, Mike Jones? No, you know what? I, to their credit, the, the, the people that do the, the play-by-play, I can't remember did yesterday. Um, actually, the... the, the um, the second person was the, the former Everton defender, played against Palace way back when. But anyway, they don't really they don't really get into refereeing stuff over here. I mean, they, they're trying to keep it to you know just talking about the play by play stuff. So there really wasn't anything about you know he was good, he was bad, he was whatever. But again, I'm, I'm with you two. I, I watched the match and I was like, you know, I don't believe that foul that was just committed by Man United goes unpunished, and we just do similar and we got a yellow card. So it just again just want some consistency. I, I don't understand it, but I will say this. Yeah, someone put it in a uh, boot eagle say, at the least the ref wasn't fooled by Herrera. I thought he was going to call a penalty on that, and I was very upset when he went down. Like, that's definitely it. There goes our match. And then, thank God, he actually... Oh, but... Did, sorry. Five. Was... But he didn't give him a yellow card. Oh, my no. God. 
So I don't understand that either. So it's just it's just very confusing. Why why wasn't why wasn't the yellow card given? Anyway, because he was work. wearing a white shirt and not a red and blue one. <laughs> if that if that was Zaha, that's a yellow card, and we all know it. Yep, agreed. Oh, indeed. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. time to press the button, and something's meant to happen, and it hasn't happened. Let's try that. Here we go. Yes. Are you working? <laughs> no, no, it's not working. Help. Well, maybe it is working. I've forgotten. Um, Mikey's just told me that I can't hear any jingles I play for you. I'm probably talking over it right now. But hey, ho, there you go. Um, Robert, CBFC said, yes. said it's very quiet. Thank goodness that the um, the voting for the FBA is finished um, on the 30th. So that, I was wondering, actually, why they kept me away from hosting until the nominations had shut down. I don't know whether it's me being paranoid. Actually, you're laughing a little bit too much there. Um, but just like to say thank you to that everybody. That wasn't me. That was actually Terence. I'm muting myself. So I wouldn't yeah, but I can see you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so thanks to everybody who voted for us. I'm sorry we spammed your Twitter and your Facebook every every day. I believe quite a few of us are going up there um, up there to Manchester for the award ceremony, so it should be very interesting. Um, anyway... Back to this game of football we'll talk about. Let's let's go back to Kabai. Was he was Pardew right to substitute Kabai? And you know, all the things leading up to that, as we've said, he was targeted. He was very, very busy in midfield, wasn't he? He was making passes. I'd like to see a heat map of the ground he covered. But but was his his kind of desire to to win that game seemed to Seem to rub off on the other players, and and again, harking back to the Man City game, was it just the desire was missing in the Man City game that we didn't have yesterday? What do you think, Terence? Um, the desire in the Man City game, no, I think Man City just gave were just on that game. They had a few players that having a playing a nineteen year old and a seventeen year old, they're players who were going to have points to prove and. You know they're playing full of confidence and all that. I I don't think there was a lack of desire in that game. I thought if we scored at key times, we might have been able to get something out of it. I think as the dust settled on that one, I feel a lot less miserable about it um, as I did when um, we did the podcast the day after. Um, <laughs> but as yes, I thought um, yeah, Kabai Kabai is. I mean, he's naturally going to be seen as an uh, inspirational character in our team by everyone because you know. Especially, he hasn't come along and acted like a, the big, you know, the big fish that he is. He's got down and got his hands dirty and really got stuck in. So I think a lot of players are going to think, "Oh, if it, like you know, you can see why he's world class because he's got everything about him." And um, but it, he was in the end one tackle away from getting sent off. So I think Pardew was probably right to substitute him because he was going to go and um, the referee came over and you know pulled it, Delaney over as captain and said to said as much like you're getting you know one more from him and he's off and um, the referee did that with Glenn Murray back at Upton Park last year yeah. and, and Pardew didn't substitute him and he got sent off so I think there's yeah. a certainly a learning from your mistakes kind of mentality there from Pardew yeah definitely and uh, there's something in the chat room Lucy's going to tell us from uh, Palace Forever about um going up to the ref because it, Rooney was, was on the ref all the time, wasn't he, Lucy? Yeah, like whispering in his ear and saying things to him. And as you say, Palace Forever has pointed out um, that he was um, going up to him and talking to him. It was like 
you know, if one of our players did that, you know, we'd get a booking for it for trying to um, sway the referee. I just think, again, it goes back to um, poor decisions from the referees. But um, going back to the goodbye um, discussion, uh, Causton Eagle also said that Kabai is coming back from injury. So probably something to do with that as well. But I think it's more for the fact that he was on a yellow and probably yeah. just nearing getting sent off. Was he coming back from injury? I, I think that was mind games. I don't think there was anything wrong with him. I think he wanted to give him a rest in midweek, but didn't want to upset people by, you know, we want to get through, so you'd want your best team playing. I, I, I think there's an element of he just wanted to, he didn't want him to play Wednesday and then Saturday. Yeah. But that's what I personally think. It might not be true. That's mere speculation. But speculation. I, I reckon yeah. well, once once he got to the stage where uh, MacArthur's baby was probably going to come, Punchin being sick, uh, Punchin was the same day Punchin was having pictures taken on the foundation Twitter account and looked absolutely fine to me out in the cold with loads of kids. So I'm not so sure. Dr. Terence Ford. I, 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 I'm, ser- <laughs> I, I'm serious. Like, I reckon we um, not not through it, not through the Man City game, but I don't think Pardew had much interest in winning it. But he'll never say that publicly. That's just a theory I've got. Yeah. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Apple iOS app. Download at holradio.net forward slash iOS. Yes, Homestale Radio finally moving into the twenty whatever century we're in. Um, <laughs> There's also an Android one. I was going to attempt to do the at of no, I won't. The Android voice that, that Chris did the other week. Nobody's ever, nobody's mentioned Chris yet. Where is poor old Chris this week? Does anybody know? Um, I believe he is recovering from a leaving do. He went out in Reading on Friday night. Oh right, okay. Is it is it his leaving from Homesdale Radio do? <laughs> <laughs> No, I believe it was a colleague of his was leaving and they all had a massive booze up. That's what happens when you, when you get older, Lucy. It takes you a couple of days to recover from a hangover. Okay. I'll I, let you know I, what it's like. I thought it was all down to blood type, where, how, how hungover you got. Who, Dr. Is, Nick now. It's Dr. Nick yeah. and Dr. Terence. Hi, Dr. Nick. Which is, which is weird for me because I've got blood type B positive. It's like... <laughs> Just so wrong. Just so wrong. Anyway, yes, we we be doing this here, Hambo. Um, but I'm beginning to appreciate how 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 the hell do you keep this rabbling check? But at least I haven't got gel with me this week. He's he's currently at home, um, thinking about Brussels sprouts for some reason. Him and Chris having a chat on Facebook this afternoon about how they like their Brussels sprouts. You know. And Albert likes cabbage with vinegar. Time. You have it with vinegar, do you? Albert likes cabbage with vinegar. Yes, that's where I was going, actually. I was going to mention Albert. Um, Albert presented a, a post-Man City show that we kind of um, threw together just to tag on a, a very good Steve Parrish interview that, um, that Chris and Lucy. Were you involved, Lucy? Well, weren't you? I'm sure it I heard your voice in there. And Taff. Taff. Right, Taff. Oh, yeah, it was a, a very, very good interview and um, well worth a listen. You can have a listen to that at wholeradio.net. That's it. There isn't a slash. It's just whole radio dot I was expecting something on the end there. Um, so, <laughs> goodbye. He's miss. I think he should be coated for that miss. And I'll tell you for why. Sorry to coin a jail phrase. Really? Uh, he had wow. nobody around him. 
he is a multi-million pound superstar French player who gets paid thousands a week. He should have put that ball in the onion bag. Now, that mistake is as bad as Hangerland's last week against Leicester. But from a try striker's point of view, Kabaya's terrible miss there has cost us points. As much as Hangerland's mistake cost us points. Discuss, Patrick. Um, well, I'm not going to quote him, but I think he should have scored. Um, it was a great opportunity. I mean, uh, crossed the, I mean, he went across the keeper, going to the far post, uh, just missed it. Went, I mean, went by the post. I mean, listen, you, you make a good point. He is a, he's a, our best player, and we expect our best player to put those away. But I mean, listen, I'm not big on quoting players for missing chances. I mean, it's not. That, I mean, much as much as I like to say it's easy to score goals, it's not that easy. And um, did he cost us three points possibly? But I mean, we did have chances after that. We did have the. Wasn't the uh, was the Dan one? Dan one came after that. Didn't the Dan header to Demo? The Demo. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Right. And didn't didn't the, the the shot by the Gale shot that the hair saved his leg? Wasn't that after also? Mm-hmm. I believe so. I mean, I mean, it was part of a few chances that we had. I mean, it's a chance that again, this is what I will say it's a chance that had it been Fraser Campbell, Jordan Much, um, and maybe a couple of other players that we don't like, Bamford, Punch, and missed, they've gotten coated for it. So, from that standpoint, Kevin I, think I agree with Kevin, Kevin who? Mabbitt. Kevin Mabbitt, Dave Swindlehurst, um, yeah. Ian oh, Walsh. No, Patrick, I'm just going to interrupt you there on the subject of strikers. Mark Bright is our in or bin. Uh, yes. Fantasy yes. 25 tonight. You can't vote on Twitter. You can't vote in the chat room. You can't even send a telex or telegram or fax. <laughs> you can only vote by going to wholeradio.net forward slash vote. And there's some sort of little survey thing you can do in there. Um, is looking in there uh, a few minutes earlier, looking very positive for um, Mr. Bright there. Um, so, Zaha, a few little runs. Against United, did he? Did he? Did he make United rude losing him? Do you think, Terence, or not? Um, United fans. I don't think United fans really, you know, wanted him to leave or anything like that. I think it was more to that was more to do what's going behind the scenes. Yeah. I th- I think um, I thought Zaha had a very good game. I really enjoyed his um, interview in the English papers. I don't know if you had a chance to read those, Patrick. Um, I heard he about was, them. And I did yeah. see the class all over yeah. Yeah, so he was, um, you know, he was just saying for him it was just like playing against any other team. Uh, I would suggest that the way he performed probably shows that it wasn't. You could see <laughs> that he was very, yeah. very fired up for the match. And um, uh, and at the end of the game, they had to substitute that fullback because Zaha oh, had him on toast. And he was, he was, he was going to get red carded as well for me. One more run at him. We were screaming, just like, give the ball to Zaha. Just let him yeah. run at him. Get him one-on-one with him. <laughs> yeah. Get him one-on-one with him. And the one time we did, before they took him off, uh, Darmian just stood off of him in the penalty area. And Zaha got across him. We was unlucky not to score. So, um, I-, I thought Zaha had a very good game. It's, and, he, you know, it's nice to see him starting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely starting. And he was one of our most effective players. They did seem a bit scared of him. Exactly as you said, once once they got booked. But um, we're going to move on. We, we talked, I, I, I was a bit cheeky saying that Kabaye cost us points, you know, but I was just sort yeah, of overrating it a bit there just to try and get Patrick riled. No, but no, Hedges I tried saved, us, saved us the points. And interestingly, his best save was, was very similar to, to two things that happened in the last two games against Leicester 
and against West Ham where the players just dinked, dinked the ball over him. Rooney didn't have the wherewithal to do that, did he? Or was it was it the way that Hennessy came out better at that time? He never, he never <laughs> touched the ball, Nick. Rooney never, never actually got his foot on that yeah. ball. So you want yeah. to anyone, listen? I'm gonna listen. I'm not gonna get the Hennessy thing again. But he made two saves yesterday. The free kick, which was right at him. Great dive, though. He looked really good in that dive, by the way. On that free kick, looked really it was good. for the camera. It was, Let's... and then the the, the the through ball that Rooney actually never, even now Rooney has not touched that ball. So he came out and he made the play. It was great. But I mean, can we please not? Can we please not give this the whole Hennessy had a great match thing again? Because again, I'm looking at the stats here. We had ten shots. United had five shots, one on goal. One. The, dif- the difference, right, between what happened against West Ham, right, and Dim- Dimitri Payet, what happened <laughs> against Leicester, <laughs> it you. was Jamie, Jamie Vardy. Vardy. Right. What happened against Manchester United? It Wait, was a fat really? old Asian striker who passed <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Thank you. We move on. There's I lots agree. of stuff about lots of stuff about Rooney in the chat room, Lucy. If you could please. Yeah, Robert CPFC said Rooney looked out of sorts. Um, out of, out of sorts. <laughs> he looked like yeah. he'd been eating too many meals with a lot of salt. Dweeb says Rooney. Uh, shouldn't start for England on the basis of his performance yesterday. Do you think Man United are missing a trick? Because it did us a favour, in effect. We, we've already said that Rooney... Rooney's their, their, their man up front, their lone man up top, really. If Switch he's spending him. all his time... Switch him. ...moaning at the ref or playing playing too deep, he was, you know, he, he seemed to want to play more of a Kabaira. That went into Palace's favour, didn't it? Because he... he uh, who was... Aside from the, uh, was it the Herrera shot where he scuffed it in yeah. a similar position right. at the home Those were the only two real chances, I think. The, the Rooney free kick was an easy save for, for Hennessy. There's no denying right. it. And we won't, we won't talk about Hennessy anymore because until we get a game where he's tested a lot, we can't really make a judgment, can we? And he kept a clean sheet. So, you know, that's, Fair play that, that's good news. Right. Yeah, just, if you remember, right, playing Manchester United how it used to be, and it was wave after wave after wave of attacks. Yeah. And if, if you got anything off of them, it was because they were poor at finishing, not because you've done anything well effectively. Right. Yesterday, in the second half, they could have played for another 45 minutes and they would never have scored against us. But I've never seen such a lack of attacking intent from a Manchester United side. And they played it on match of the day after the United fans singing attack, attack, attack. Yeah, that was it, hilarious. Yeah, I, I, that just, was like, I mean, oh how the mighty have fallen! It was, <laughs> it was great to behold. But do you know what the really annoying thing is? They're still second in the league. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing. They're doing something right, but but, but this is the thing. Though. The thing <laughs> is, Van Hall is all he has to do really, honestly, is switch Martial, put him up top, and put Rooney behind him. It doesn't make any sense that Rooney as your ma- as your main focus on your tech, because it's obviously he's not up to it anymore. So the fact he's so arrogant, he doesn't want to change the system, is, is great for us, teams like us, but it's stupid for Man United because it doesn't make any sense. I can somewhere hear Chris Hambo shouting, this ain't a Man United podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my last United comment, by the way. <laughs> but you're a good point. No, but it, 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 I think it's right to talk about it because it, it affect, if it affects the opposition, it affects the way we play them. And I think Pardew would have... Would have set out with the attacking intent to, to really go at Man United but they just made it a bit easier like I said it was, it was it, you look at the chances we had they were guilt edged but there weren't weren't that many um, man of the match hmm who do you think was man of the match Terence 
Um, for me, it was it was a few contenders. Um, I reckon Scott Dan had an excellent game yep. in in front of Roy Hodgson, no less. And yeah, you got him, left you got, early, but that's okay. Yeah, but internet way well, they, they always do. Yeah, international international break coming up. Phil Jagielka has just got injured, so there's a space available, and he's supposedly in that game dominated England's number one choice striker. So <laughs> great point. Um, it's it's all looking good for Scott Dan in that sense there. Um, despite he's um, <laughs> kicking the ball away and a bit of antics, I thought Kabai was superb and I thought Gal was excellent. I thought Gal had a really really good game. I thought um, Balassie moments looked great. So I'm talking. I'm mentioning everyone. Scott Dan. <laughs> Scott Scott Dan is my man in a match. Scott Dan. Okay, that's good. Lucy. Yeah, I was going to say Scott Dan as well. I just think that he was um, he was fantastic yesterday. There there were a, there were a few others that were contenders. I thought Zaha was fantastic. Um, Kabai was solid. Um, I think the fact that he was on. A yellow and about to get another yellow. I think that just showed how passionate he has become about it. Um, yeah, uh, it just shows that he's he really wants to get the results. He really wants to push us forward, and I think that is a a massive thing that he is buying into the club and how we <coughs> are and what Palace is all about. But yesterday, it, for me, it was Scott Dan. I think um, there's a definite element as well, though, for Kabai there. You know, he's trying to get into that France squad for Euro 2016. And yeah. performing against a team like May United is going to do him great guns in terms of getting that performance. So he was always going to be well up for yesterday. So why why are we getting Palace pick, picks from Palace for the French team, but, but not for the England team? It's, you know, it's... It, it's it's just sickening. Hopefully, Roy Hodgson saw something when he was there yesterday. I know he hopped over from uh, West London to watch the game. Um, Patrick, have we had your man of the match? Maybe we have not. Um, I thought, uh, as Lucy and uh, Terence, I, I loved the way Dan played yesterday. I thought Kabai was just Kabai, which is excellent. I thought Punchin played well. And I thought Gail did well. But I'm looking at the chat room, and I'm going to definitely agree with um, both Coach Matt and um, Booted Eagle, and I'm going to pick Joel Ward. And I'll go back to what Terence said before, how when he switched uh, back to right back, he, how he shut down Marshall and how Marshall gave Kelly such, Kelly such a hard time. So I'm definitely going to go with uh, Ward on his game back. He was brilliant yesterday, my man of the match. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to pick Gale for his um, sheer determination. And how bloody hell does he manage to hang in the <laughs> air for that long? And out jump... Um, Villaney, he, he, he out jumped yeah. him afro and all didn't he and he won so <laughs> yeah. many headers you know it's no mean feat um, yeah, I, I think he's uh, he's <laughs> I was going to say first name on the uh, team <laughs> don't do that I won't <laughs> but I think he's, he's Let me say, can you name Hennessy first man on the sheet so we can drop him <laughs> I thought I thought um, it was it was a great comeback for Dwight Gal. It was like, it? after getting that after getting Just that the red goal card. Was yeah. yeah. After getting that red card and you know people being stupid and saying on Twitter yeah. that you know it's his last game in a red and blue shirt and blah exactly. blah blah all that nonsense to right. come back and put in a performance like that and it's such a challenge in the air like that. I don't I don't really know where that's been. <laughs> for, in previous times but to get up like, there was times he was beating Chris Smalling in the air and Chris Smalling is this season has not been the Chris Smalling of old he's something's happened over the last six months or something to Chris Smalling and he is 
truly now becoming a world-class centre-back. There's no doubt about that. At times yesterday, he just looked so comfortable in, in handling what we was doing. But then other times, like Gal really rattled him. And I think that's um, showing that Gal has got that ability to get in and amongst a world-class striker like that. Shows that he, he can be that player that we need him to be. But, you know, he's still got a fair way to go, I think. And all how Connor Wickham, who should be back next week. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully he's our answer. Um, my yeah, my only slight on Gal was I thought he should have done better with the shot. Um, I thought he, it was a little bit low, but that's nitpicking criticism, really. Um, at the end there, um, don't forget um, we are inning or binning Mark Bright tonight on our um, ultimate twenty-five man team squad. Um, who knows who's in the team? Patrick, do you know who's already in the twenty-five uh, man squad? Are you serious? I do. I know. Nigel Martin, Kenny yep. Sampson, Scott Dan, uh, Peter, Peter Eric Ta- Young, Eric Young, Will, Will Peter Saha. Taylor, Will Saha, Jeff uh, Thomas, Jeff Good Thomas, job. Ian Wright, and AJ. Andy Johnson. Well done. And, Ma- so and, it- Michael, and Michael Hughes is in the bin. I was going <laughs> to say every, everybody except for, for Michael Hughes is like just sat there somewhere all lonely sat in a milk churn or something just draining his sorrows um i've just looked through the show document there's been some tweets in we've got um at cov eagles 71 that's simon goddard um said is there any chance of giving our at palace ladies fc a shout out in tonight's show after their 2-1 win versus Lewin today no i won't and they're in first place now um, yeah, there's, they... there's a bit more. They're unbeaten and uh, in the league in 11 games, having won 10 and drawn Woo! one. Well done, girls. Well done, ladies. Jerry's, on, Jerry, or Gary, sorry, at Gary T123 at Whole Radio had a decent game. Unlucky not to score. It's been a while, though. How worried are we about our lack of scoring? I've got uh, a stat. We. Are the only Premier League side without a goal from a recognised forward. That's mm. scary, and we are in tenth place. That's not so bad, is it? Tenth place now, fly me. Yeah, we've got two places. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's only a matter of time before the goals are coming. If we're going to play Balassi and Zaha as out and out wingers, the goals will start to come again. Yeah. I think Zaha's been really well done, really well to hold his width all season long, but Balassi hasn't. That's obviously from direction from Pardew. But in the last couple of games, Man City in the week, um, I know we got fresh 5-1, but we created a lot of chances from the flanks. And we was talking about this the weekend before, saying we haven't created that many chances for our strikers. Right, Patrick? True. Was oh, you're right. To bring that up. But we've, yeah, exactly right. By playing with our two, you know, in a fashion yeah. that we're slightly more comfortable with, with the wingers and so on. Um and also, interesting. I'm talking about United again. Three games without a goal in a row for them. I bet that's something, <laughs> I bet that's something they haven't done in the Premier League era. That's brilliant. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I'm just going to try and press this button and see what happens. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. There you are. It works. I like having these buttons. I like having these buttons. Um, so, any any final thoughts on the game, there, Lucy? Uh, anything you think we've missed? Were you disappointed with nil nil? Did did you? Um, it was a really weird sensation because I thought I was really pleased with how we performed. I thought we were absolutely spot on. Um, 
I was happy with the point, absolutely, but I was really gutted that we didn't get the three points. It, and it, I know it's you know it's a, a real cliche these days to say, oh, um, look how far we've come, and but you know to think a few years ago we sort of almost feared Man United, and now we're kind of we were we were we were better than them yesterday, and we deserved yeah. win. We we absolutely outplayed them. Um, I know they had a, a, a higher possession rate, but then they've got the top in the whole league, haven't they? The, the best possession rate or something. I yeah, was only watching on goals on Sunday. Fifty six forty four yesterday. Exactly, and I, I just think we were fantastic, and I was so proud. Um, and that point meant so much, but it was so annoying because we 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 deserved the three points. Um. Patrick, how much of our performance do you think was down to Man United's malaise? I would say quite a fair bit of it. Again, they've set up that way pretty much all season, so um, I think a lot of what we got out of it was the way they played. But having said that, um, I'm very proud of the way we played. I thought we definitely um, showed some attacking intent. We bounced back from those those horrible losses, I think, quite well. And uh, I'm happy with the the point. Just going back to what Pardew said yesterday, he said it's an important point for us. We deserve three, but we'll take the one. And I'm, just, I'm I feel the same exact way. We are now. In, I said I mentioned before we're in tenth place. We're, we've got sixteen points, which is nine points behind the top side and nine points behind the bottom, uh, the bottom three. So we're exactly where we should be, close to the top, but close to the bottom. <laughs> I don't know if you, if you would have told me. If you would have told me that after 11 games I'd have the same amount of points as Watford, I'd want to you out. I, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I want to give them it. I agree with you. But see how, how life's funny that way. Great point. Mm. Mm. But um, in, interestingly, on the Watford thing, and I know we're not a Watford podcast, but you always find one of the teams goes up, does fairly well up until about Christmas, and then they start getting the injuries and, and then well, start... Yeah, Garlo, isn't he? Garlo picked up a knock yesterday. And in my fantasy st- side, he better not be out. And you struggle to see where their goals would come from if it wasn't him. Yeah. So. No. So, so Terence, despite being seven sheets to the win, predicting a nil-nil draw, how did you how did you feel after the game? <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, I when the full-time whistle went, I, I was, I was done that sort of growl thing, like no that. Ugh. Like I was really <laughs> peeved off that we hadn't managed to find a winner, especially that last fifteen. We really pressed for it. And it would have, it would have, all those games this season, you know, like City Springs to mind, where, you know, with Gal had that chance, in the, this is the league game I'm talking about, at nil nil in the like 90th minute to win us the game, and they went straight down the other end and scored. And for that whole last 15 minutes, I felt like, you know, oh, this is going to be typical of them May nights go down the other end and make it 1 0 and steal it from us. But, I just wanted it to be us to nick that win, you know, a win we so deserved. And I was a bit peeved, but, you know, I would have taken it before the game, I suppose. So we'll, 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 if it's good enough for Pardew, it's good enough for me. Yeah. Um, Lucy, there's some comments in the chat room. Yes. Uh, just me go back to it. So John McCormack5 said he doesn't know if we'd outplayed him. He has said 50-50, um, if Rudy had been on form, he'd have scored. But he wasn't, yeah. was he? <laughs> he was rubbish. If. If. Oh. If's and, a um, word. If, King yeah. B said he went King to the game B. yesterday. He was disappointed, yes. of course. 
but he was happy that we were the best side and had a positive draw. Could have been worse. We might have lost in the 90th minute, which is, which is pretty much what um, done Terence has said. Yes, um, he then went on to say he wonders if Leicester will start to drop points in the new year. Southampton did it last year. They will. Do you know why they will? They're going to sell Jamie Vardy. Oh. To, to drop. Patrick Real, ITK. Real Madrid. <laughs> oh. Oh. I don't know where I'm, I'm just saying that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh dear. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Yes, there you go. You can get the app on the Android now. It's great because it tells you where an hour before that you've got to go and present the show. It's brilliant. It's handy <laughs> for us presenters. It's, it's absolutely superb. Forward reviews. Lynn, Dwight Gale can jump. Mark R. Hammered them nil nil. Carl Mortimer, already bored of drawing. Kevin Childs, Rooney in ref's ear. Chris Hambling, great, nearly sprout season. <laughs> Mark Dallamore, made United look ordinary. Tony D, G, G, I'm learning German, I'm saying G. Couldn't break them down. Homestale Cravatics, great nil-nil draw. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to add whole radio. We're 10th. How are you feeling about that, Terence? You, your expectations for the rest of the season sort of changed from the start of the season? Are you looking for players to come back? Do you think they'll, they'll make a big difference to the way we play and propel us up the league a little bit more? Because we were in the dizzy heights of second after... After a few games, but the teams we come unstuck against have actually been been ones that are remarkably good. For instance, um, Leicester, for instance. Yeah, I think um, obviously with the injuries we've had, which I think uh, if you add them all up, it's not obviously not all the players. We've had something along the lines of twelve training ground injuries, which is a bit of um, wow. an arseache. <laughs> but um, have my expectations when we beat Chelsea. And we didn't realise that that was just going to be a common occurrence this season <laughs> for, like, ev- for everyone. It felt, you know, every the team was fully fit. Everything looked like it was working perfectly in what we were trying to do. Um, and then obviously in that game, Connor Wickham got injured and it, things changed for us a little bit in terms of Murray had gone. So we, we've lost our big man up top basically since the end of August and that's always going to affect the way that we play. Um so with all those injuries, yes, we've um, had to adjust a bit. You may, it was kind of due. Does nobody? Does anyone else think that? Like we've had no injuries for the last two seasons in any that's, key places. And, I agree. And now this season we've we've got loads, and it seems to be in every position where we're light as well. So that's been quite um, annoying. But I think um, we we've played a lot of tough games recently and we've got a lot of very winnable games coming up I think so um, I reckon by five or six games time we'll be back up to around fifth or sixth I reckon very very optimistic you're that you're that optimistic Luce yes I'm gonna Good. absolutely agree with Terence um, there's a little talk in the chat about um, and how he makes a huge difference when 
he's playing. Um, and I believe Alan Pardew said in his presser um, on Friday that he's having his own little pre-season training um, because he's 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 almost ready, shall we say? Um, so it it could be good to see Shamak. I mean, Kabai. The thought of Shabai. Uh, That's there. You go, Patrick. There's another <laughs> there you one. There go, Shabai. Shabai. Brilliant. <laughs> um, the thought of Shamak and Kabai on the same pitch is um, quite exciting. It's, it's taken Shamak five months, but he's finally got his hair just right, so now he's ready to play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is he going to be grey when he comes back? <laughs> well, it, hasn't his missus just got pregnant, so he's probably going to be going grey, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, but um, the, the Shamak injury was was quite a complicated one, and they, they went for more intensive surgery than was actually required or something, didn't they, in order for him not to get injured straight away? That's what I read somewhere. It's, it's the opposite of Paddy McCarthy. <laughs> they went <laughs> for less surgery than they should have, wasn't it? I don't know. Paddy McCarthy went out of a groin strain and he'll be out for a couple of weeks and two years, weren't it? Two years later, <laughs> Something yeah, like that. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Patrick, are you happy with where we are this, this part of the season? I am. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit that I definitely have changed my expectations a bit. Like Terence said, I think the Chelsea Met kind of had me and a lot of people kind of thinking, you know what? It's a different kind of palace. No, I think we are different. I think, you know, based on, on the last week or so, losing teams like Leicester and, and Man City, I kind of, you know, so if we end up where we are now, honestly, I'd be very happy. As long as we have a decent cup run. So just looking at, this, just looking at our, our, you know, how we played late of late, we've played all the top six, type, top, top six teams so far. Man City, Arsenal, Leicester, United, West Ham and Tottenham. So we've only got to play Southampton, Liverpool, which is next week, and Everton. So we've really gotten the hardest part of our, of our schedule, I think, out of the way. And as Terence mentioned about it being a little bit easier, well, we've got Liverpool, Sunderland, Newcastle, Everton, and Southampton. So, I mean, Liverpool's going to be very, very tough. But I think those, are, those other matches are semi-winnable. So I think we're, we're, in a, we're in a good place right now, and I'm very happy with yeah. our, how things have been. Dan, Dan on, uh, from Hopkins looking to Kyle one on Twitter earlier was saying that, yeah, I saw that we've, lost, we've lost to the five teams above us and right. one against five teams below us. So United was the first time that we bucked that trend with getting a draw. So um, we've been doing well against the, the lesser teams. So right. with, those, yeah, with we... those sort of games coming up, we should be optimistic. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm just having a quick look at our tweets. Um, question from Ben Allen at Ben Allen 2208. And I think we might have touched on it earlier. With Jagielka being injured and Roy Hodgson in attendance, do you think Dan showed enough yesterday to finally get a call up? Lucy, yes. do you think Dan should be playing for England? Yes. Move on. That's it. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like your um, succinctness, I think is the word there. <laughs> Patrick, Dan for England? I would say yes, but he won't get called up. Oh. And not because he's not good enough, because Roy Hodgson doesn't know what he's doing. So I can almost guarantee, I'm not kidding, it would be someone from, let me just pick a side, Southampton. They have any English centre-backs? Probably not, right? I mean, he'll pick someone we, we've never thought of and he'll pick him over Dan. I really believe that because I don't think he has a clue what he's doing. And even though we'll get to the Euros and we'll lose in the, you know, in the first round, whatever, I don't think. Uh, he'll get picked as much as I really think he deserves it yeah yeah perhaps you're right perhaps you're right anyway shall we um, 
have a think about Mark Bright. I've just got a little clip to play you, uh, which is an interview we did all oh, back in the early, early days. If I remember rightly, mm? the one where Mark Bright spoke for about 17 hours. <laughs> and, uh, I remember that one, actually. Broke all, all podcast records. Um, <laughs> it was uh, back in 2011, so four, four years ago. Uh, Mark, regular contributor to the show, a, a really good Palace man. So um, not wishing to influence whether you should in or bin him. Um, but um, have a listen to this. Yeah, I mean, we go back to, to when you joined uh, Palace from Leicester. I think you, you started your, your career at Leek, Leek Town, I think it was. Oh, Went yeah. on to... to Port Vale and, and then on to uh, to Leicester. What was it that, that convinced you it was right to sort of move south to, to London and with Palace? Um, Steve Coppel. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't having a great I wasn't having a great time at um, Leicester. I'd broken into the team. I'd taken Gary Lineker's place because he'd he'd moved to Everton. I started yeah. quite well and then it faded for me. And the fans got onto me. And it's it's well documented and. The, the, the manager really t said I needed to leave, basically. Um, right. I had a few options of going to, I think it was Oldham. I spoke to Brian Horton, who was at Hull City at the time, and I didn't get a feel for that. And then I met Steve on the, I can I can remember it like it was yesterday, Watford Gap mm. Service Station on the M6. Um, walked in, saw him. Obviously, he hadn't finished playing very long, and it's sort of like, it just, I, was still, I, was, I was in awe of him a little bit, and... Yeah. Yeah, the first, he just shook me hand and he said, how are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm good, thank you. He goes, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I just knew, I, I would say, within a few minutes, I just knew. I thought, if because I can remember Steve playing, obviously. Yeah. Thought, if, this, if this guy thinks I'm that good, then obviously he he, he, he knows. He's, a, he's, you know, he's been a great player. So That's it. I just, yeah, I just wanted, and he said to me, we're playing at Forest, like, in a couple of days. Come and have a look at the team play and see if you see yourself fitting in. And I went to watch yeah. the team play because it was just up the road. Andy Andy Gray played up the front with Wrighty, and they were they played really well. And I just thought, well, where am I going to play? <clears throat> and when I spoke to him afterwards, he goes, No, I'm going to put Andy in midfield. And oh, yeah. um, and I said, because Andy was playing up the front with Wrighty then, and um, and so that that kind of I just wanted to get out of Leicester because. Anyone who was there at the time will understand that it was a really, you know, it was it was one of those one of those things in football that you make a move and it didn't work out. And yeah. I have no regrets, no regrets about going there because I learnt a lot. Um, I'd only been in professional football one year with Port Vale, um, mm. and uh, Gary Lineker was up front and Alan Smith. We had people like Steve Linex, um, Andy Peake, very good player, Ian Banks, um, Kevin McDonald, who went on to to win loads of trophies at, at Liverpool, at Mark Wallington. We had a very very good team and. I enjoyed my time then. I learned things, and 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 yeah. in football, you just learn that everything's just a process, and you 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 get better each year. You should get better, improve your knowledge and your skills. And I worked really hard. It didn't pay off there, but I, when I went to Palace, I think all the hard work what I put in at at, um, at Leicester paid off. So yeah, it was yeah. within 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 I don't know ten or fifteen minutes of speaking to Steve. I thought yes, I want to I want to go, and I want I want to sort of um, to be part of it. But when I saw the team play. It excited me because, you know, I, I, he said to me, and this is, I, I mean, most of the things you'll hear have probably been seen in interviews or whatever. He said that I've got a kid from a kid from non-league playing up front. Mm. He yeah. said, and at that stage, imagine that Wright hadn't been in the club long. He only, he only just got there a few months before me. That yeah. Steve said, he's, he's one of the most exciting players I've ever worked with. 
Now, Steve Coppel's played for England and played for Manchester United. So, <laughs> yeah. when, he, when he said that, I was thinking this he's going to be a really experienced player. And, and he said he's from non-league. And he said, and to be honest, he said he's, he's, he's a little black kid and he needs some help on the pitch. And he said, and if yeah. you two hit it off, because of your names and because of your colour, I think the press will have a field day. Yeah. And that's what Steve said. At the, within you know, the first hour of the conversation. It's amazing. So he, was, he, was, he was selling me the club and he was... He was telling me, listen, I'm new to football, I've got lots to learn, and I'll, I'll learn as I go along, he said, but I want to be successful, and he's got like, you know, Ron who was backing him, and, and, and was equally ambitious, he wanted to get the club in the top flight, and I was taking, he said to me, you're taking a step back to move forward too, and he said, you have to trust me on that, and, um, you know, obviously, you know, you, you know our relationship with Steve, that, the, the, you know, the, the team's 90, and everyone's quite strong in terms of the relationship with Steve, and, you know, with Jeff having... The illness that he had, it brought everyone together, and so, you know, it was it was a yeah. it was just a great part, great moment for me to move from Leicester to 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 play football and, and feel relaxed and not go out and feel tense because yeah. you're worried if you give the ball away, you're worried if you you know you you don't pass it well, you're worried if you don't score, and and as it's a twenty you know a twenty woman I went to Leicester and you know I was ready I was ready for the next step and. Maybe Leicester wasn't the right right timing for me, but anyway, um, yeah, that's how it happened. Exactly, Chris. Uh, four years ago, that was. Um, you can actually, uh, Mikey, our producer, has um, going to put up a link for that later. Although it's uh, yes, a whole radio.net forward slash bright. So if you want to hear the whole interview, um, we are doing a competition where if you estimate the amount of years that Chris. <laughs> Gets in in that half an hour. He didn't say brilliant. He didn't say fantastic. That must have developed later on in his um, broadcasting career. Um, we've got some people in the chat room. Do we? Does Hambo only say yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Robert CPFC. The quality has improved in the last four years. I think you could say that. Hambo not on show still gets kind. Oh, that was Patrick. That was me. Hello. Yeah, exactly. And. Um, um, I do apologise. I didn't realise that I'd be heard over that just laughing at Chris's yes. But um, yeah, he could talk the hind legs off of a donkey, Mark Bright. So uh, <laughs> hopefully you've had a full sixty-five times, Robert CPFC. Uh, <laughs> that was just in that six-minute clip. <laughs> did, did Mark Bright ever come back on after that? Well, you know, you know, you know what's happened, right? So at that time, Chris was still like in awe of like Mark Bright and people like that and having the celebrities, the palace celebrities on the show. Now he's a big wig. He's a bit more like casual about it. Isn't he? He's like, yeah, I belong here. He's him alongside, you know, he's like, he's not quite a list. He, he fancies himself as a B list palace celebrity these days. So <laughs> he, he, he's on a level when he talks to him. So he, he doesn't have to be so nervous anymore. <laughs> But he, he hasn't got to that level quite yet where he has to put his career at the end of his Twitter name, has he? <laughs> How long that'll be. Anyway, oh, right. Patrick, did you see him play live? Yes, I did in 1990 against both Spurs at White Hart Lane and against Forest uh, at Sellers Park. So I was lucky enough to actually fly over and see him. Um, listen, there's no right, there's no bright. So um, love watching him play. Perfect foil for Ian Wright. Um, what I really liked about him, I've seen a ton of interviews with him and Ian Wright, is how much you can tell, one, they got along, and also how he nurtured Ian Wright when he first came to Palace, because Ian had come out of non-league, and obviously uh, Bright was more professional. So the way that he kind of helped 
righty, they trained after, they worked on their flicks together and how, you know, playing off each other, stuff like that. So I loved him as a player, um, scored some great goals for us and um, really, really enjoyed him. And I actually like him now even more because of the involvement he had with Palace and he helps with the academy players, helping them get through, you know, with their loan deals and just hearing him talk and he's always doing stuff after matches, talking about, like yesterday, he talked about the nil-nil. We should have won the game yesterday. So he's always around. He's always around the club. He's a, you know he's Mr. Parish's right hand man. And uh, uh, to me, he's a he's a Palace legend. Do you or leg think, end. Do you think that Wright would have been as good if Bright wasn't there? No chance. Uh, back in the nineties when they played together, it was always big man. Wright wasn't small, but he wasn't big. It was always a big man, you know, knocking the ball onto the little man, you know, playing two strikers up top, etc. That's definitely changed now. But no, I don't think Ian Wright would have been the player he was that went on to be, you know, Arsenal's all-time leading goal scorer without uh, Mark Bright. Not only as a player, but as a, you know, just as a, a mentor. Because because I've been thinking about this all day, really. And um, if you if you want to have your say whether whether we or been Mark Bright, um, go to wholeradio.net forward slash vote, and there's some sort of questionnaire thing you can do in there. Um, I was thinking, but Wrighty did all right with with the players he was with at Arsenal. So was it Bright that made Wright good? But but was it Bright that developed the player? And does that make him automatically an inclusion into our 25? Because as important as he was, was it 40 goals they got between them that season? Yeah. 40, 40 goals? Plus, I think, yeah. It's, we're getting to a point where we've, we've got our strike. We've got um, AJ. We've got Ian Wright. How many more strikers have we got? Two? Three more we're doing. Three more. So you've got you've got to think now who those three would be. Mm. Dougie. Clinton. Yeah, you've, got, you've, got, you've got to have Dave Slindenhurst in there. You've got to have another story play, but you've got, you've got I, to I, I put uh, Peter Simpson simply because he's got he's scored so many goals. And there was somebody just before my Johnny. kind of era played seventy two that was a strike and maybe some of the older listeners older than me listeners can I can't pinpoint his name at the moment, but there was somebody else that was kind of legendary at that point. Is Mark Bright as good as that, Lucy? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um well I suppose when you put it like that, Nick, um you could argue no. Well you could argue um, yes. <laughs> You could argue yes, yes. Um, you know, you got, I think, for me, if I was to pick a striker, I would have picked Clinton, the same as Terence. Um, I am a little bit too young to have seen Brighty in action, but he is a Palace legend. I mean, we all know who he is. We all, knows what he, we all know what he did when he was at Palace. Um, and as Patrick pointed out, without you can't have Bright without Wright. Um so for me, if we've got Bright in our twenty-five man squad, you've got to have Bright. Yeah, I mean his goal scoring record, ninety-two goals in two hundred and twenty-seven appearances. Uh, that he played what? that many hundred thirteen goals he scored for us, didn't he? Oh, was Thank it then? Thank you, Terence. Gonna... Correct him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I'm hundred thirteen goals in two eighty-six. Right, yeah, he's like third, third or fourth highest in the history of our club. Yeah. Right, come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got 113 and 286 appearances for the club, and I think what Wiki does is only count league goals. Exactly. Right. Okay. 
And okay. I think I think he scored a couple in the FA Cup. I think he got eleven in the League Cup and nine in the full members cup. Which was the ZF Data thing. Zenith Data thing. <laughs> the you know, the greatest cup of all time. The only <laughs> one the only one you'd ever want to win. Exactly. Do you remember um, the League Cup game when um Bright and Wright scored uh hat tricks when we beat South End eight nil? Yes. It's on YouTube, so I've watched it like four times. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's on YouTube. Yeah, the whole match is on YouTube. Lots of yeah. lots of stuff in the uh, chat room, um, Lucy. Let's hope they voted as well, because uh, I'm afraid chat room users, unless you go to wholeradio.net forward slash vote, your votes won't count. And I'd hate to waste your time. But what have we got no. in there? They're saying, Booted Eagle said, hardest position striker on this one. In for me, best striking combo with Wrighty. Calls and Eagle has said, can't have right without Bright, surely. Uh, Detroit Eagle said the same. Fish the Eagle said, Wright and Bright were my personal favourite partnership, Eagle, since 1982. And then Robert CPFC said, hashtag it out. Yes! <laughs> Um, that should be trending. <laughs> or Gillard out, either one. <laughs> he's gone. He's he sold. That's it. He's, he's off. No, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Show's, show's over. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> back, back, back in the chat room, Mr. CPFC. I don't believe that's your surname, Robert. I really don't. <laughs> I think you're a fraud. Anyway, so um, we got some responses. Um, it's looking like um, Mark Bright's going to be in. James Sorby has said um, it would be the first player he'd pick. Um, David Bray said he's great in the air, could hold the ball up, and he could score. Um, Dweeb has just said nope. Um, Durr, of course, is in, says and- Andy Ridgeway. I think he used to be wham, Andrew Ridgeway. If, if that's the same one. Um, I hope things are going all right for you. Um, I know you weren't the um, the kind of the powerhouse behind that partnership, um, Andy. But um, I hope I hope life's treating you all right. Uh, Mark Bright was inspirational and still is. If Ian Wright is in, Bright he has to be too. Their partnership was exceptional for any team in any division, and that was uh, Duffel Coat. Lucy, are there more there, or um, am I seeing the same thing twice? No, there's more. Um, Detroit Eagle said, Wham was and Andy Ridgely. I'm Andy Ridgway. <laughs> just, just to clear that up. <laughs> um, King B said, greatest, par- greatest partnership at CPFC in our 110-year history, right and bright. Palace Forever said, oh. always a good combination. Right, was the big man winning the ball with right having pace. Um, I'm going to have a new hashtag, Nick Gusset getting things slightly wrong. Um, I just can't get anything right nowadays. Terence, Mark Bright, in or being? Um, who said uh, Right and Bright was our greatest ever partnership? No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> you obviously don't know your Palace history in terms of goals. Um, uh, Mark Bright is in the top he's one of the only players to score over 100 goals for us and but I, I, I've tried to come up with many reasons why I would bin him but yeah. they're, they're all reasons that have nothing to do with football so <laughs> if we're talking about football I'm going to have to in him he's an in for me thank you Patrick I think we know what you're going to say 
Well, again, there's for me, he's got to be an in. And as I'm sitting here, I'm I'm constructing a tweet that says at Mark Bright. Congratulations on making the whole radio all to a 25 man squad. So, <laughs> I'm going to delete this tweet. So, he's in. How presumptuous. <laughs> in for me. Absolutely. Yay. Okay. I'm about to hit tweet. Hurry up. <laughs> I'd say in because I think he doesn't quite get in with the, with the, with the players that haven't had a shout yet. But. I have been overly, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, Mark Bright is in. I'm hoping that our producer has some sort of jingle for being in. Did we discuss this? Did it ever happen, producer? Tweet's been sent. No. Nick. Do you want to make up a tweet? Do you want to make up a jingle for us, Lucy, that Mark Bright is in? Off you go. Uh, He's in! (laughs) 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 Um, Nick, can I just say you're going to be very, very upset if you think Dave Swindleworth is getting anywhere near that 25. Yeah, I agree, and I love Swindleworth. <laughs> you're begging, mate. He's 81 goals in about a million appearances. You've got no chance, son. He's getting nowhere near it. He won't even, he won't even, be, he won't even be up for a discussion. Ooh, that's a challenge, Nick. And you can, you can find out why Dave Swindlehurst isn't going to be in the 25-man squad if you go to Terence's website. What's your website, Terence? <laughs> Redandbluearmy.co.uk. No, there's loads. There's plenty on there about Dave Swindlehurst and scoring loads, of, scoring loads of goals in my back-in-the-day articles that I do every day. Dave Swindlehurst is always featuring. However, you're talking Friedman over 100 goals, goals, Morrison over 100 goals, Peter Simpson 165 goals, Johnny, Johnny Byrne 125 goals. Ooh, so in. you've got to pick three Someone or, or yeah. is it just two now? Two. Yeah, that, that, that was the one I was trying to think of, Johnny Byrne. See, I, I think you've all, all D to B, um, <laughs> as my dad would say, because I think you've shoved one of those great strikers out. Mark oh. Wright, very, very good. Not, not in the top Top four or five strikers that's ever played for us, I'm afraid. But, you know, the, the crowd has spoken. Next week, we discuss goalkeepers. Um, just Ooh. chuck some names into the hat. My, my favourite Palace goalkeeper was Perry Suckling. And I, I actually went and saw the coldest I've ever been. I went to see Palace play Slough. And there were icicles <laughs> forming in front of me on the railing just to see Perry one last time. Because he didn't really last after that 9 mil drubbing, did he? Um when we got Nigel in. But ideas that you could have for um, to join our 25-man squad for goalkeepers. You've got um, definitely John Jackson would be in there, I'd think, uh, up with a shout. Um, John Burridge. Can you think of any others, Patrick, that might make the squad? Julian uh, Speroni. Julian Speroni. Wayne Hennessy. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel Kirai. Oh, Gabriel Kirai. Go away. Um, getting Spike, he said Alex Kalinko. Get in the bin. Don't be silly. Um, Paul yeah. Hammond. Paul Hammond, George Wood, Lewis Price, Lewis Price. <laughs> There's so many quality goalies, didn't we? Gary Borradale, oh. John oh, Salaka. He was a good goalie. Salaka actually was a very good goalie. Yeah, he was very very good. <laughs> anyway, Clint Hill was a great goalkeeper. Oh yes, yes, indeed. 
he made an incredible stop when he played in goal for us for like 20 minutes. Unbelievable yeah. save. <laughs> who was the Palace goalkeeper who then scored in a playoff final to keep his team that he was on loan to? Was he at Carlisle? I'm sure it was a Palace, Palace goalkeeper who scored to keep their team up or something. Oh, uh, hmm. I'm thinking Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Glass scored to keep Torquay up. That's it, Jimmy That's Glass. One, Jimmy Glass. Right. Well done. Terence, man, you're a font of information. You really are. You really are. Um, well, I'm sorry for all you people who have an hour and a half long journey, but the show's going to end eight minutes early this week. So unless um, Patrick, Lucy or Terence have anything else to add? No. Um, do I have anything else to add? Um... No, I'll, <laughs> I would say if you've ever thought um, Vodafone might be our um, next shirt sponsor, have a, <laughs> look at, have a look at Steve Parrish's Twitter today to see why you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Whole Radio. I haven't been Chris Hambling. Good night. What? the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.